Hear now the word of God as it comes to us from Matthew's Gospel, reading in the seventh chapter. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So on a beautiful January day in 1986, I was returning from a college class when I came into the lobby of my dorm and saw a big group of students gathered around a television there, and I could tell that something was going on. So I walked up to another girl, and I tapped her on the back, and I said, what's happening? And I'll never forget the look on her face. She just had pure shock registering there. And she said, the space shuttle blew up. She was talking about the Challenger disaster. 73 seconds after liftoff, the space shuttle Challenger exploded live on national television in front of everybody. And the entire crew was lost. It was a national tragedy. Terrible. But it got worse. In the months that followed, Investigators determined that the crew had survived the explosion and had lived for as long as five minutes until their capsule hit the surface of the sea. Later that year, a young rabbi named Kenneth Berger preached a sermon to his congregation about the Challenger disaster, and he titled that sermon, Five Minutes to Live. And in that sermon, Rabbi Berger said this, Can you imagine, for as much as five minutes, the astronauts were alive and conscious and yet knew that death was certain? The thought terrorizes me. Can you imagine knowing that in a few moments death was imminent? What would we think of if, God forbid, you and I were in such circumstances? What would go through our mind? What went through their minds, the seven astronauts? Of course, no one will ever know for sure. And then Rabbi Berger went on to urge his congregation to live lives of meaning and love today so that they would be assured that their legacy would be one of love. Friends, every single one of us is building a legacy, you know. Whether we plan on it, whether we want to, whether we feel good about it, from cradle to grave, we are all building a legacy because our legacy is the lasting influence of our life on the lives of others. So in every choice we make, we are building that legacy. 
When we choose how we treat others, how we speak to them, how we share our gifts with them, our time, our talents, or not, we are building that legacy. So the question is, what kind of legacy are we building? Are we building a legacy that has a foundation made up of love of God and neighbor? Or are we building a legacy that's all about love of self and stuff? Because it really is an either or. You can't have it both, you know? And I think a lot of times we wish that we could. We, we wish that we could build our life on a foundation of love of self and stuff and just sprinkle a little Jesus on the top, but he's not having it. Jesus was very clear about this in Scripture. For example, he said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. And he also said, where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. You see, friends, we really do have to choose, and even if we don't make a choice, that is a choice in and of itself. We can't divide our life like a pizza, half pepperoni, half cheese, half God, half stuff. It is one or the other. Friends, if you had five minutes to live, what would your legacy be? If you had five minutes to live, what would you think about the foundation of your life? What would other people say about your legacy? What would God say about it? Friends, do not underestimate how important you are. Your life and how you choose to live it really matters. You have deep influence on the web of relationships that you live in. You may be more influential than you ever dreamed. You know, I think most of us go through awkward times in our lives, especially when we're growing up, and I was not immune from that. One of my most difficult years in elementary school was sixth grade. Sixth grade was the bane of my existence. I was not athletic at all, and I was a very shy and quiet bookworm, actually. My idea of a great day was staying home and reading Nancy Drew in my bedroom by myself. I had more than my share of uh, social anxiety, and I really couldn't think of anything worse than having to go into a room full of kids I didn't know and try to make small talk with them. That was my personal nightmare. Well, that year, I was in confirmation class at my church, and I attended a mega church as a child. It was huge and drew people from all over the city. And just coincidentally, that year, I didn't know anybody in my confirmation class because all the kids in there went to other schools. Nobody went to my elementary school. So I found confirmation class kind of painful from the social side. And when it came time for the confirmation retreat at Lake Bridgeport, I dreaded it. I dreaded it. I imagined that I would spend the entire retreat eating by myself and passing free time in my cabin reading Nancy Drew alone. Um, I, I just, I couldn't think of anything worse, and I remember begging my parents, please do not make me go to the confirmation retreat, and God bless them, and thanks be to God, they made me go, and that was the right thing to do. So they put me on the church bus to Lake Bridgeport, and I got there on a Friday evening, and the first thing we did was go to the cafeteria to eat. 
And so I got my tray and sized up the situation, and there was a group of kids that I could sit next to. Now, they didn't talk to me, and I didn't talk to them, but I sat next to them, and I thought that was okay. That was better than eating by myself. But the next morning at breakfast, I was out of luck. There was nobody to sit next to. So I got my tray, and I sat at one of those long cafeteria tables by myself, and I was trying to eat as fast as I could, just like inhale the Cheerios, you know, so I could run, when an older woman came and sat down with me. Now, she was long past retirement. She had no children in this program, but she was one of those saints of the church who gave generously of her time to spend a weekend with sixth graders on confirmation retreat. So she sat down with me, and we talked, and she made me laugh. And then for the rest of the retreat, she sought me out, and I didn't have to worry anymore about eating by myself. Well, at the very last meal on the last day, she reached across the table And she handed me a pack of juicy fruit gum. Friends, I remember this like it was yesterday. I see the yellow pack coming across the table. Juicy fruit gum. And she told me that I was a very special person. And I was so touched by her kindness, her mercy for an awkward sixth grade girl that I couldn't even speak. But I jumped up from the table and I ran around And I hugged her so hard that her glasses fell off. (laughs) Now, she could not know this. But all these years later, I have not forgotten about her and her kindness to me. You see, her kindness was her legacy to me. And it influenced my life. Because do you know that even today, when I go into a room and I see a person sitting alone, or I go to the church potluck dinner and there's somebody at a table by themselves, guess where I'm sitting? That was her legacy to me. And it was a very powerful one. Friends, you know, when Jesus was trying to ram home a point, he often told a story. And as he was closing out the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, He told a story about building houses. It was a simple one, very short story, but like all of Jesus' stories, it it just has so much power and truth packed in it. Jesus said there was a wise man who built his home upon the rock and a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains came down and the floods came up. And the house built upon the rock stood fast. And the house built upon the sand collapsed. We are all building a legacy. And if we are wise, we will build that legacy upon the rock-solid love of Jesus Christ. Because everything else, as the old hymn says, is sinking sand. And church, I believe that you already know this lesson. I do. Because there is so much goodness in this body of believers. There is so much love poured out to the world from this church. There is so much concern about our neighbors, about our community, about our world. 
You know, I just finished earlier this month a 20-stop listening tour, and I did survive it. I'm so grateful for it. I would not take back a second. It was an amazing experience, and you were so generous with me. I lost count of how many people came out to sit with me in those sessions, but there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you who came out and gave your time to talk with me, and you trusted me enough to open your hearts, to tell me about your thoughts and your feelings and what's on your heart. And from that, I learned so much about you. I learned that you do love Christ, and you do love his body, the church. And you do love this church passionately. And you do love your neighbor as yourself. And so I believe you also know that a pledge, which is a promise to support the ministry of God to the work of this church in the coming year, a pledge is also a covenant. A covenant is a sacred promise that is rooted in the love of God. And I believe you know this, that it is, a, it is a covenant, a covenant with the little children who come to learn about the Bible here, a covenant with the youth who come to this place to find respite, to find safety from the pressures of drugs and alcohol, a covenant with all the adults who make their way here asking, what is my life about? What am I supposed to do with it? What does my life mean? You understand that you are in covenant with all of them, and you make that covenant manifest through the gifts that you give. You understand that the promises that you make and the promises that you keep are building a lasting legacy for good and for God, and this is not a small thing. Because life that is real life is life that is built all around God and neighbor and isn't just about self. So the love that you share and the gifts that you offer and the hope that you proclaim to the world is building this lasting legacy, a legacy of such good that will outlast Every single one of us, friends. One more thing about Rabbi Berger. Less than three years after he preached that sermon to his congregation about the Challenger disaster, he was on a plane from Chicago to Denver returning from vacation when the tail engine of that plane exploded crippling the controls. And for the next 40 minutes, the passengers on that plane had to sit and wait and prepare for a crash landing. With Rabbi Berger on that flight was his wife and two of his three children. That plane hit the ground and exploded in flames in a cornfield in Sioux City, Iowa. And 112 passengers on that jet died, including Rabbi Berger and his wife 
who were in their early 40s. This faithful man who had preached a sermon entitled Five Minutes to Live had 40 minutes to consider his life and his legacy. We'll never know what he thought about. But I pray that somehow he knew that his life had great meaning, that his life had been about good and God. I pray that even in the midst of something so terrible, he had the peace that comes when we know that our legacy is one of love. And friends, that's what I pray for every single one of us. A legacy of love. A legacy rooted in the grace of Jesus Christ. Because that's what life is for. That's what life is about. That's why we're here. That is abundant life. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, we give you thanks for every good and perfect gift comes from your divine hand and we are merely stewards of it. Lord, fill our hearts with inspiration and hope and generosity that we might extend your love to others and that might be our great legacy. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. The invitation to Christian discipleship this week, friends, is to consider our legacy. What is the foundation that you are building on? What is the legacy of your life personally? What is the legacy of this church and how can you be a part of it? And friends, we've also come to our time of commitment. So I will invite you as well in just a moment as the Spirit moves you to come forward and bring your commitment card with you. You can place those in the baskets that are provided for you. And I invite you then to come to the rail to pray. If you are visiting with us or today you don't feel ready to make a commitment, that's okay. I'm just glad you're here. But will you come pray? Will everyone in this sanctuary please come pray? Because we're a praying church, are we not? We are a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. Let's bathe this moment in prayer. Will you come and pray that we will be faithful as a church in the coming year? Will you pray that we will be good stewards of all that God has entrusted to us? Will you pray that our legacy individually and as a church will be one of love? Well, then come. Come as the Spirit moves you, friends.